What is our what is our interval for this show? I thought we uh, I thought we talked about this. I thought we were doing like a hello internet thing. We're just doing whatever we want. Yeah, like we try to do it like every two weeks or so, but we just do it whenever the fuck we want. So, when are we going to record our next one? I thought uh, I thought it was a Super Bowl live show. Well, we're not going to do that, right? We're not actually going to do that. Yeah, Rich, that's a stupid idea. You're stupid. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> well, we're not really going to do that, right? Well, we do have some interesting texts that happen. Maybe we should just do like a Super Bowl final five-minute live show, like segment. You just record us over the last five minutes of the Super Bowl? Are we all watching from our own homes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, we can do that. Great idea, Rich. Great idea. Thanks, Matt. We'll edit this out. <laughs> I fucking hate you guys. <laughs> so what are you drinking, Matt? Uh, yeah, so tonight I have a uh, now nearly empty white Russian. I finished my Kahlua and vodka, so uh, probably in about five minutes I might be drinking something else, but the drink of the moment is a white Russian. Richard, how about yourself? I went with, uh, I'm trying something new. It's this is rum, but it's called uh, Twisted Path. It's organic dark rum. And the reason I went with it is they threw some, I don't know, there's something that they did with the molasses that they're saying it makes it as smoother, not smoother, but it tastes like whiskey, which I can vouch for. It does taste like whiskey. It's pretty tasty. What's it called? Twisted Path. We should put a link to that in the show notes. Yeah. Because somebody else on this podcast might want to try that. Yeah, it's fairly new. It's from Milwaukee. From Milwaukee? Yeah. The home of rum. Interesting. Yeah. Alcohol from Wisconsin, so you know it's good. Exactly. Hey, have you ever had uh, the Ron Zacapa that I have? Um, I think I have at one of our gatherings. I mean, is it similar to that or is it different? I don't know. It's been a while since I've had that, so I, I'm not sure. I don't remember that. So you don't remember if it's similar to that or not? I just don't remember if I've had that. Okay. I think I have, but I don't recall. Because that is, uh, I think, yeah, I think all rum starts like white rum, right? Like yeah. clear. And then they age this in, I think it's bourbon barrels or some kind of whiskey barrels. Uh, Ron Zacapa and the stuff that I get, I think it's 23 years old. <laughs> so it's dark and super smooth. And it's got kind of a... Like kind of a whiskey finish just because of the barrels, so I just wonder if it's similar to that. Yeah, the bottle hidden over here. It's organic, so you know it's good. Oh, <laughs> uh, the little, yeah, the thing I was reading was actually at the store, so I can't remember. I thought they did, they said something about it uh, resting in, I thought whiskey barrels, but maybe I'm wrong. I read a couple different ones and just landed on this one. Very nice. Yeah. So the website says, we carefully ferment our dark rum from premium organic sweet molasses, slowly distilled it in a copper pot still, then age it in whiskey barrels. That's exactly what I read earlier today. <laughs> <laughs> what do you got in the glass there, Brandon? So, in preparation for the show, I went downstairs to my bar and was thinking, scotch, scotch, scotch. I love scotch. So I grabbed my Lagavulin. And then I was like, I want a ginger ale. So put the log of woolen back. I was laying down on the floor looking in my bar trying to figure out what to get. And I was like, oh, Johnny Walker Red. I can have that with ginger ale. That'll be good. And then I was like, oh, Seagram's. 
That that sounds good. I haven't had that for a while. I'll put that in mention drill. Then I realized I had two giant open bottles of beam. So I went from <laughs> single malt scotch to blended scotch to Canadian whiskey, and now I have bourbon. And I'm having a Canada Dry Ginger Ale and Jim Beam with a lot of ice so that it'll last for at least until you get on your next drink so that I can get another one. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> it makes perfect sense how you ended up with Jim Beam uh, starting, starting from uh, Great Scotch. Great Scotch! <laughs> <laughs> I, I realized I really wanted something more of a mixed drink. I didn't really want to drink just a single malt. So then it was just, you know, where do I go? At first, I didn't realize I had so much Seagram's. So I wasn't going to go with the Seagram's because I didn't want to have to switch halfway between. And then go to the Johnny Walker, which I also forgot I had. And that was sitting right next to the Seagram's. And then when I realized that there was a bottle of Beam, I was like, oh, well, that's interesting. And then there was another bottle of Beam that was right next to it. And they were both open. So I don't know how that happened. But I figured I should get to the point where I can only have one. Well, I'm glad that you didn't mix the Lagavulin with uh, ginger ale, because I think that would have been like sacrilege. Yeah, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, so what's uh, t- tell us the story that you're not sure if it's uh, worthy for follow-up or not. So uh, my dad flew in today, unbeknownst to me and my family, and just showed up uh, at our house, more or less. He called and said, I'm at Target or something like that. But he gets here and he's telling me about the pre-check that he had to go through in O'Hare a couple of weeks back. And I guess the pre-check is now similar to like an easy pass or a toll there where you don't walk through any scanners or anything like that. They have like a large scanning system that everybody can walk through at once. And it's like picking people off or if it, it notices... I don't know how this works. That's why I said I have no idea if this is accurate or not. But he's basically saying that there was a stream of people that had pre-checked that were walking through. And they didn't have to go through, I guess it was like a big metal detector or something like that. So what you're saying is total recall is real? It's possible. They just have that x-ray tunnel? He said he was walking through with a number of other people that were in pre-check. And they didn't get stopped, but they went through a security scanning process and right through security and off to his gate. That's amazing. By the way, uh, knowing your dad as I do, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Yeah. So that's hilarious. Yeah. I'm really glad that that happened. Yeah. That was all I had. I have no idea if it's accurate. Well, it's follow up. Yeah. It doesn't have to be accurate. Somebody will correct us if it's wrong. What about any <laughs> listeners? So I'm, I'm just trying to like Google this as you're talking. I did um, too, a little while ago, and I didn't find anything. <laughs> what airport was he leaving? O'Hare. So, so you're huh. saying that like these people didn't even like have to stop? They just like, even with their bags, just like walk through this tunnel? That's what he's telling me. I don't know if it's a tunnel, but he said they just walk through, and that was it. That's how he equated it to is like the easy pass system for tolls. Were there people chasing him? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Interesting. Next time I'm in O'Hare, which probably won't be too long from now, maybe I'll go out and come back in since I have TSA pre-check. I kind of find it hard to believe, but I don't know. 
Well, I mean, it would make sense to, I mean, they got to do something, especially, I mean, we talked a couple episodes ago about how the pre-check number is just going to balloon, especially with how easy it is to get the pre-check status that if they can make it easier, then that'd be good. Yeah. I saw they're hoping to generate like 35 mil in revenue by 2019 or somewhere around there. And right now they're at 12. So, I mean, when I've gone through TSA pre-check recently, you know, you don't take your liquids out. You don't take your computer out. You just throw your bags through. You take off your jacket. You don't take your shoes off. You don't take your belt off. And you don't even go through that crazy raise your hands machine. You just go through the metal detector. And it's like, well, at that point, I mean, why not just have some metal detector tunnel that people can just walk through and you can just flag the person? I mean, it can't be that hard, right? Yeah, I mean, like, the the whole thing we were talking about was if we could get this back to, like, uh, the year 2000 levels of airport security because everyone is verified with having pre-checked, then that'd be great. But if you went even a step further and you just went, like, uh, Total Recall, is that the movie you said? Or Minority Report? Total Recall. Probably, prob- probably either. Sixth Sense. <laughs> Sixth Sense, yeah. Um, Aliens. I mean, th- ah, yes, that's right. That- Actually, uh, isn't uh, don't they have something like that on Science. True Lies too? Science, <laughs> right? True Lies. Doesn't he walk through the X-ray tunnel? I don't know. No, you, now that you're on Arnold Schwarzenegger, you're <laughs> thinking of Total Recall, and you're just thinking it's True Lies. No, no, True Lies. They definitely do. Like, cause he goes his t- into his office, cause he's like the uh, he's like the printer or copy salesman guy or whatever, and he goes into his office, and there's like the whole X-ray tunnel, and he waves to the guy, and somebody back me up on this. I have no idea. I haven't seen a lot of his movies. All right, I'll put the uh, I'll put the video in the show notes. It's probably kindergarten cop to get into the school. You need to go through an X-ray yeah. tunnel, and then he had a ferret with him. I remember that movie. I remember that one. I just find it really odd that security checkpoints are moving so slow. And I get that there's incentive for um, airlines and you know for people to purchase TSA pre-check, but it'd be so much more efficient if all of the security checkpoints just ran the same way, like. I don't I don't I don't get it. The technology is the same in both spots. Why do I have to take my shoes off and my belt and all that stuff, but Brandon he gets to go through just cuz he threw 85 bucks at somebody. Well, so I mean, part of the 85 bucks was going through a background check. Yeah. So they feel like there's less reason to suspect me whereas you are just a random person. I suppose. Yeah, I mean, terrorists aren't going to be signing up for background checks. So I mean there is like there is logic behind. No, oh, I mean I get it. I just Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I don't want to get too deep into this, yeah. but Yeah, stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so other follow-up. I honestly don't even remember what last show was about at this point. <laughs> it was a long time ago. What the hell did we talk about? Best of 2016. Yeah, and 2016 is still over, right? Yeah. So, do we have any follow-up? Well, it probably wouldn't be a show unless I mentioned my AirPods. Um, <laughs> they are arriving next week, so I will have a review for our next show. I received my package as well. So did you? Yeah, I will. We will talk about it. So you're still you're still coy about it. You're still not uh, you're still not revealing yet. So it, maybe next show we'll just have like a Bluetooth headphone uh, review off. Or in two shows because you're not getting yours until next week. So. You might need some time, and I may have returned mine by then. <laughs> I I do have another piece of follow up. So 
I really, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this, completely independently from the post-show on last episode, but I'm more convinced now. Kirk Cousins, say it. Kirk Cousins deserves the money. Oh my god. I was totally going to mention something about, like, uh, I I I'd thought about it before, but I forgot, and I didn't write it down because I didn't want to tip myself off. But I was going to say, Bicca, are you sure you didn't want to talk about Kirk Cousins? Yeah. It's seriously, though, given the severe lack of quarterback talent in the let's league. Let's do it. Let's, let's go through I, that list again, man. <laughs> no, I don't even need to go through the list. We went through it. If you have somebody who's in the top 32 and it like it falls off a cliff after that because your next best option is Christian Ponder. You fucking pay that guy, and if you don't believe that he can do it for a prolonged period of time, you give him the extra $3 million next year. Brock Osweiler got fucking $47 million guaranteed, right? That was a terrible deal. Terrible talent evaluation. Are there any rookies that are coming in the league that you'd rather have over Kirk Cousins? It doesn't matter. There's not 25 of them. No, I'm just curious. Like, if there was somebody in this upcoming draft class that you'd rather have. I know you follow it just because of your fantasy football dynasty league more so probably than me. And I don't know, Matt, if your knowledge of college quarterbacks is pretty vast. but Very vast. Well, okay, so you got uh, the guy from Notre Dame, Kaiser. You got the guy from Louisville, the guy from Clemson, the guy from UNC. Yeah, any of them can be good. But does anybody disagree that Kirk Cousins has the potential at this point, he still has the potential to be a perennial top ten quarterback. I, I was always okay with calling him top ten. I just okay. I'm just I just never wanted to call him top four, and that's what he's getting paid with the franchise tag. So why don't they just give him a three year deal as a top ten quarterback, rather than paying him three years in the franchise tag as a top three quarterback? Well, because he's not going to accept a top ten quarterback salary when last year Brock Osweiler got a ludicrous contract, and this year Kirk Cousins was damn near a top five quarterback and maybe was actually he was a top three quarterback if you just go by total yards his big knock was that he only had 25 touchdowns where the other top quarterbacks had closer to 40 but I I, I haven't looked at the video I don't know if that's all his fault but he has the potential to be a top five perennial quarterback and yeah there's also a huge question mark around him which is why you give him the franchise tag and give him 22 million dollars next year in salary and salary cap instead of giving him $45 million guaranteed over the next three years when you don't believe that you know enough yet to know if he's going to be able to keep doing this. So yeah, you wouldn't have to give him $20 million guaranteed per year against the salary cap if you gave him a multi-year deal. You'd do it in bonuses and uh, like a signing bonus spread out over the course of a four- or five-year deal. But that guaranteed money is so much larger. Yeah, I guess I just think if you are convinced that the guy is that good, which I'm not I'm not the Kirk Cousins fan that you are, but I'm still convinced that he's good enough to be paid as like a top five or top, or top ten quarterback, that if you're gonna franchise him three years in a row, you could have saved a lot of money by just signing him to a five year deal before franchising him for three years in a row. Well this yeah, this would be his second franchise. No, right? I know, but I'm just saying like, okay, so nineteen million this year, twenty two million next year, you should have just signed him if you're gonna do that. Right. Uh, yeah, I I don't disagree with that. I'm saying you either give you either pay him like he has a chance to be a perennial top five quarterback, or you give him the franchise tag. Either way, I I think he is has earned it. And when you look at the severe deficiency in the market, 
I don't know how you can tell me that he doesn't deserve that. And so I'd be fine franchising him if they don't believe that he can do it for another three years. And especially if uh, they think that next year, because they're going to get rid of Garcon and they're going to get rid of um, Deshaun Jackson, and who knows if Reed's going to be there, that having him lead a team that basically their entire offensive skill position is rookie or second-year players or third-year players, you think that that'll knock him down far enough that you can then sign him to a long-term contract? Then sure, maybe do that. I don't know. They seem like with all those guys gone, maybe they're starting to get to a point where they're trying to rebuild, especially in that division with it being so strong. So I guess I would be torn. Yeah, I think they have two options, right? So they either franchise them or they ditch them completely. And then they start rebuilding and they save that money for somebody else. But I, I think they're I think they've been rebuilding this whole time. I mean, yeah. you get rid of Jackson and you get rid of Garcon, who are both high risk for injury, and then you add Jamison Crowder, you know that you're getting Josh Doxson next year, who he's essentially gonna be a rookie. He had some time learning this year, but he didn't have any time on the field. Uh they can draft a guy. Um they got Robert Kelly who's proven that he can be a running back. And I think Matt Jones is probably still under contract as a second guy. He can't possibly fumble as much if he doesn't touch the ball as much. They're they're not in bad shape. And, you know, reasonably, they have a couple of decent tight ends. Um, So whether or not Reed comes back, they have Vernon Davis also. I don't know if he's still under contract next year. You look at the NFC East over the past 10 years, it's up for grabs every year. Eli Manning's not getting any younger. Tony Romo's gone. Do you believe that the Cowboys are going to do what they did this year again? I don't know. I think the Cowboys will. I think the Giants are going to be better next year when they have Adrian Peterson. (laughs) But then, at the same time, I think Washington's going to have a real solid chance when they get rid of D-Jax and um, Garcon, and then they go out and get Alshon Jeffrey in a trade who's already guaranteed that he's winning a Super Bowl next year. (laughs) So I I feel I feel like we're we're all pretty much in agreement on this. I mean the whole con- this whole conversation started because I said Kirk Cousins isn't worth twenty million dollars a year, and I think we all agree that he's not worth twenty million dollars a year, but he is a top ten quarterback and he should get paid uh, in a deal other than the franchise tag. I don't want to say that he's not worth twenty million dollars a year. I don't know enough yet to know if he is. If he's a top five quarterback, he's worth twenty million dollars a year. And scene. <laughs> I I will, I mean I think that it's already too late. I have to buy a Kirk Cousins <laughs> jersey. Don't do at it. The time that he gets signed. Uh, last question on this one, and then we can wrap it up. We, oh I'll, no, I'll, no, no, no! That's what you think. Until our next broadcast, and then we'll revisit this again. Um, do we, since all three of us have different teams that we cheer for and that we like? Would we rather have Kirk Cousins be our current quarterback versus whoever our starter is today? Well, that's not come on. That's not even a fair question. We're all generally agreeing that he's a top ten quarterback. And you're a Bears fan, Matt's a Vikings fan, and I'm a Jets fan. None of us have a top ten quarterback. That should be an easy answer. This question was more just directed at Matt. I was just kind of <laughs> curious how he was going to answer it. So, um, probably. I mean, almost definitely. I guess I don't. I guess I don't really follow Kirk Cousins, so I'm saying all this from like uh, outsider's perspective. But sure. I mean, I would take him over Bradford just because Bradford's like a sneeze away from a broken knee, and 
I really like Teddy. I really do, but he's still got, you know, some proving to do. So, yeah, yeah I would definitely take Cousins right now. I still think uh I still think Teddy has potential if his like leg isn't totally screwed up. Yeah. But yeah, definitely. I think we should add in the show notes a link to Kirk Cousins jerseys and jerseys so that <laughs> everyone, you know, can purchase. So, uh that was Teddy's third year. Yeah, I think so. So what is he a year behind Cousins or two? Got to be a couple, no? Cousins isn't that new, is he? Cousins was drafted in the same draft as RG3. Wow. I think Teddy was too, wasn't he? That's well, that's my question. Yeah, I think he was. Was he or was he No, no, no. He wasn't. He was either the year after or two years after, right? All right, let's do some real-time follow-up. No, because it, uh, it was the same draft as Johnny Manziel. Right, that wasn't the same draft as okay. RG3. So, yeah, it was... So, Kirk Cousins was 2012. Oh, no, no, no. The, the, uh, wasn't RG3, wasn't that the Ponder year? Or am I getting all mixed up now? Teddy Bridgewater was 2014. Kirk Cousins was 2012. And when was Ponder? Was that 2011? Well, they didn't give up on Ponder nearly soon enough, so I'm guessing it was... Maybe in 2010. 2010. 2011, it was 2011. 49ers are reportedly pursuing Kirk Cousins. doesn't matter. The Redskins have the option to franchise him until when. Even if, even if Washington tags Cousins, San Francisco could attempt to pry him loose in a trade with a package that could include this year's number two overall draft pick. That would be absurd. I would not give up the number two overall draft pick for Kirk Cousins as part of a package. Ponder was a 2011, by the way. Real-time follow-up. And apparently the 49ers would then offer uh, Shanahan the head coaching position. Oh, come on. Well, they're already going to offer him the head coaching position. Kyle Shanahan, not Mike Shanahan, Oh, right? okay, okay, okay. Okay. Like, he's already the favorite. To be the 49ers coach. Cousins is thrown for 9,083 yards, 54 touchdowns, and 23 interceptions with a completion percentage of 68.3 since becoming Washington's full-time starter in 2015. That's pretty good. That is pretty good. What has Teddy done? <laughs> I, I, I'm saying that I would take him over Teddy. I'm just saying I really like Teddy. And he's a good kid. That 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 means something in this town. Being a good kid. Yeah, you know who else is a good kid? Chad Pennington. How did he turn out? Hey, he's the great kid. That's all that matters in this town. You don't need yeah. to win. Moral victories. Yeah. <laughs> That's if if uh if Adrian Peterson was a better guy, none of us would be talking about wanting him to leave. And if he was making less money. Okay, so what are we doing? I sidetracked us with follow-up <laughs> on a topic that wasn't even in there, and now we have to add. If he resigns, if he signs a long-term deal, I'm just going to say this, and I will cut this clip out for you guys. If Kirk Cousins signs a long-term deal with the Washington Redskins, I will buy a Kirk Cousins jersey. Don't do that. You'll totally curse him. Well, once he signs a long-term deal, it's fine. <laughs> Damn you, Kirk Cousins. All right, so uh, shall we talk about the NFL playoffs? If we have to. Well, I think it's uh, somewhat relevant, uh, even though 
the final four teams, I don't know about you guys, but well, I, I know at least for two of them, but uh, the final four teams do absolutely nothing for me. I'm, I just, I could not care less about what's happening tomorrow. Right. And this will probably come out before the Super Bowl. <laughs> but not before the games are played tomorrow. So, I can name at least two teams that I want to win tomorrow. The Falcons and the Steelers. Yeah. Or the Falcons and not the Patriots. Although, I have a theory. Let's see what you guys think. So, if the Patriots lose tomorrow or to the Falcons in the Super Bowl, what is the percent chance that Brady retires? Zero. I was gonna say something below ten. Yeah, I think it's I think it's close to zero and not above five. Zero point one. Yeah. So if the Patriots win the Super Bowl, what are the chances that Brady retires? I'd still say below fifteen. I'm still saying zero. I don't think he retires. Right. Well, I'm saying it's below twenty percent, but that's still way higher than my zero percent, so so let me get this straight. Are you saying that you are willing to sacrifice another Patriots Super Bowl for Tom Brady to retire? Because that sounds kind of extreme. It does sound kind of extreme, and the thing that scares me is I'd much rather them trade Garoppolo this year and then Brady retire next year because I'm a little scared that Garoppolo might just be <laughs> good. So I think that I actually want one more year of Tom Brady because I don't want like 15 more years of Tom Brady. <laughs> well, it, it's, uh, it's interesting because these four teams that are left i mean obviously um i don't think any of us care one way or another about the falcons um i mean i I guess i have a scar with the falcons i like i like matt ryan and i like julio jones yeah and i like some people some other people on the falcons who i can't name but that's more than any of the other four teams. I don't think I can name two people that I like on any of the other four teams. No, but I'm just saying, like, in general, in the NFL, the Falcons, like, do nothing for me other than a little bit of, like, shades of 1998. I mean, I, I agree. I like Julio. I like Matt Ryan. But, they're like, I just don't really care. And I would just assume that you guys are both kind of the same way about the Falcons. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I I think that... If I had to rank all the teams in the NFL, the Falcons would be higher on my list than you would think. I was just going to say, let's go through all the teams. <laughs> Again. <laughs> for the for the well, third time in two podcasts, let's go through all the teams. <laughs> let me pull up my list here. So, let me, let me just clarify. Out of the four teams remaining, yes, I want the Falcons to win. Uh, but I'm just saying that that's, that's not like really high praises for me. Like, obviously, I don't want to see the Packers win. Uh, I don't want to see the Patriots win, partially because of the Patriots and, and mostly because I, I know what that'll do to you internally, Brandon. Um, and then the Steelers, like, I like Mike Tomlin, and there's some guys on the Steelers I can get behind, but Big Ben? Gross. I don't even think that this is going to be too controversial a statement. Maybe it will for you guys. I don't think Mike Tomlin is that good of a coach. Uh, I think he's a a reasonably good coach. I don't think he's nearly as good at... He does some stupid things. Yeah, but he's just such a nice guy. (laughs) Antonio Brown Facebook-lived the post-game locker room last week. Is there anything more millennial than that? That's uh, that's pretty bad. I didn't see that. Was there anything, like, interesting in there? 
No, there's nothing interesting. The outcome was interesting when Mike Tomlin almost flipped his shit. Be- because he was recording? Yeah, because he found out after the fact that... Oh, nice. He was Facebook living the fucking thing. What a... That's so dumb. Didn't he catch Tomlin saying a couple of things, though, too? I thought he was not necessarily bad-mouthing the Patriots, but he was talking about kicking their ass or something like that. I could be wrong there, but... Uh, I, don't, I didn't actually watch it, because I really don't give a shit about Facebook Live or Antonio Brown. But I've seen a lot of... Like, ESPN did some in-depth thing on Antonio Brown where they followed him around and watched him on his Snapchat and... All kinds of he basically if he's not footballing he's snapping it's crazy he's uh what is it snap facing or uh, insta chatting right 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 <laughs> exactly so you did hear about this yeah. no I I just saw NFL people talking about snap facing right because when they asked uh, Belichick to respond <laughs> oh, he called it snap face that's awesome. Snap face and instant chat. <laughs> That's perfect. So what I was saying, um, I guess putting the, the popularity among us of the Falcons aside, is that uh, there's two teams in the Final Four that are kind of the worst teams that could be in there for all three of us as Vikings, Bears, and Jets fans. So obviously we're all cheering for the Falcons and not the Patriots. But do you really want to see a Falcons and Steelers Super Bowl? Because I sure don't. Yeah, actually, that'd be. I think that'd be pretty interesting. Yeah, that has a lot of potential to be high scoring. That that could be pretty exciting. It's a lot of good talent in terms of the skill players. That's what I would like to see too. I think for that exact reason, I think it would be a shootout game. I guess I'm just saying, like in terms of like the whole NFL and what we started with in the playoffs, like nobody wants to see the Falcons and the Steelers, right? Okay, so tell me if if the Vikings aren't in the Super Bowl. And neither are the Jets or the Bears. Who are the two teams that you want to see face off in the Super Bowl? Do you want to, you wanted to see the Chiefs? Um. Well, probably Dallas this year would have been nice. That'd have been fun. I would have been okay with watching the Chiefs because it would have been fun to see Andy Reid blow it with clock management in the final two minutes of the fourth quarter with the lead. See, I don't want to see that. I like watching Kansas City. To me, is just a game of clock management. That's the only way they win games. Right, and they can't clock manage the last two minutes exactly. of the game. Right, which is ironic. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to me, you know, at the beginning of the season, if somebody asked me that, I want to see the two teams that are going to possibly put up the most points. So, I don't know. It's either New England or Pitt from that side, or Green Bay and Atlanta. So, so I would say that. My ideal scenario from the teams that made the playoffs with a healthy roster, I would have wanted to see Oakland, Atlanta. Yeah, Oakland with a healthy roster would have been would have been fun. Yeah, I guess. I guess I just don't want any any one of these four teams to win the Super Bowl. Maybe that's just where I'm coming from. <laughs> well, yeah, you had a bad 1998. Otherwise, you wouldn't feel that way about the Falcons. Yeah, yeah, totally. I I I can feel. I can definitely feel the bias coming from 1998 but I certainly don't want the Steelers to win and obviously the other three teams so I mean it's almost like I have to cheer for the Falcons which is really tough yeah I was just gonna ask who would you actually want to win is it the Falcons or if you had to remove them who would be the next team how about let's just take the four quarterbacks which quarterback do you want to win the Super Bowl Cousins (laughs) definitely Kirk Cousins um that was not one of the four choices well I mean no doubt 
no doubt Matt Ryan. But he plays for the Falcons, I think. Last I checked. And he's going to be the MVP. And he could really validate a career with a win here. I mean, Dan Marino never even had a win. Like, Matt Ryan could get a win here and validate so much of his career that he's built just throwing the ball to Julio Jones. Yeah, Matt Ryan's got a long ways to go to get a Super Bowl, even though even though it's only two wins. Yeah, I think he's got about 120 minutes. Yeah, that's a long ways considering the people that he's got in front of him. He's got Green Bay, who I, I think that the only person on offense that's starting is Aaron Rodgers. He's the only person who's healthy on the entire offense. That's technically not true anymore. I don't know if you guys have been seeing the reports of all of them are battling flu-like symptoms. Oh, really? Yeah. On top of their injuries? That'll help. Oh, That's man. good. That's awesome. Yep. Also, uh, their plane got diverted because of fog tonight. It is so, foggy. It is. Which is awesome. I hope Atlanta just... I would love to see like a 45-17 game. But, oh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't need to see Aaron Rodgers. Nobody likes Aaron Rodgers. I don't care. They finally found a good commercial for him. <laughs> but that's it. Ben Roethlisberger, I don't even, I'll have to ring the bell just to talk about him. Yeah, yeah, we don't, we don't even need to go there. Did you guys see the story? Um, God, what, I don't, was it in the New York Times about Aaron Rodgers and his family and they actually like dug into it? I can't remember where I read that, but it was like a pretty in-depth story where they like interviewed like people from his town and his dad and like his whole, like his whole crew. No, I didn't see that. I, I heard about it. I did not read it. And I am highly skeptical. And I hate to say it, but just from what I heard about it, I take Aaron Rodgers' side. Wait, what? Hey yo. What 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 did you hear what did you hear about it? Unity. So So okay, so he's clearly had a break with his family, right? Yeah. yeah. His brother. The beloved bro- the beloved son, I guess, right? Was on The Bachelor. Yep. What kind of brain damage does it take to be on the bachelor? No, but this this story was like a recent story. This story like came out this week. Yeah. Right. It came out this week and it was generally about Aaron Rodgers and the break with his family, right? Yeah, but like, like they interviewed is like it, his parents. Is it hard to believe? So you you see all these other players and you see like all the time they lose their money. They couldn't separate themselves from their family. Why is that so hard to believe that that it would happen for somebody like Aaron Rodgers? He makes it big. He gets paid. And all of a sudden his family wants money. His dad's a doctor. Gotta, what does that mean? Well, I mean, they they his they can't be money. Yeah, but his, gold diggers anyway. But his dad, I mean, like in the story, his dad was saying like, "Well, we just like we just hope we can still have a relationship with Aaron someday." Like, I don't know. It didn't seem like he was. Uh, we just hope that Aaron calls us someday and then writes us a check for a million dollars. Okay, so I guess I'm a little biased because. Emma watches The Bachelor, or The Bachelorette, whatever, whichever one. The Bachelorette? Yeah, he was on The Bachelorette. And he was a douche. And I mean, okay, that could also genetically run in the family, because we also know his brother is a giant douche. But, like, why is it so hard to believe that his family might just be part of the problem? Yeah, I don't know. His his brother wasn't really part of the story at all, other than that's kind of how everybody learned that his whole family doesn't like Aaron. Um, it was more about, actually the story was about how Aaron Rodgers like 
buys jerseys and sends videos and shit to like his hometown high school. So it was actually like a really flattering piece on Aaron Rodgers for the most part. But then it was just about his dad like wanting to rekindle the relationship with him. Well, and part of it, so my understanding is that it had more to do with the fact that ever since he started dating Olivia Munn, like they don't like Olivia Munn. Well, and who who wouldn't like her? Yeah, it was it was more like ever since he was the MVP of the Super Bowl, um, that fame changed him a little bit, and then Olivia Munn was part of that change. But yeah, well, it's certainly possible. It's also certainly possible that his family is ridiculous. Yeah, that, that's fair enough. I don't even know how we got t- started talking about <laughs> down this road. Because we don't want Aaron Rodgers to win the Super Bowl, is that is that how we started getting down this road? Yeah. So I mean, I want Aaron Rodgers to win a Super Bowl more than I want Tom Brady to win a Super Bowl. Uh, on the quarterback list, it would definitely be Matt Ryan, uh, Aaron Rodgers, and Tom Brady. I don't really have a problem with Tom Brady, other than being friends with you. How, what about the multiple times that he's cheated? Um, I don't really give a shit. Um. And I, I do respect Aaron Rodgers as a player a lot. Um, so those two are close for me. And then, yeah, Ben Roethlisberger is like, he, he's on his own like level of hell for me. All right. What if you rank running backs? Um, let's see. And you can separate them. Let's just make that a rule right now. You can separate them. So Pittsburgh, you got Le'Veon Bell and D'Angelo Williams. Atlanta, you got... Tevin Coleman and uh, Devontae Freeman. Devontae Freeman. Green Bay, you have Christine Michael and the wide receiver. Ty Montgomery. And then Ty Montgomery, yeah, right? And then uh, New England, you have that whole group, including LeGarrette Blunt, who punched again. Deion Lewis. So, <laughs> so uh, Kev, uh, Kevin Falk, right? <laughs> Isn't that one of them? <laughs> so, um,. I think I like Le'Veon Bell. Is he's a he's a nice guy, right? Yeah, he's only been suspended a couple of times for weed. Yeah, weed. That's fine. He's not like hitting. He's not like hitting women or anything, as far as we know, right? Right. You have you if you're gonna say Le'Veon Bell first, you have to say D'Angelo Williams before Le'Veon Bell. No. Okay. So yeah, I'm just saying like so the the Steelers running backs seem to be good for me. Um, most everybody else that you mentioned, I don't recognize the names. And then Le'Veon Bell punched a guy in the face in college for no reason at all. Garrett Blunt. LeGarrette no, Blunt that, that, yeah, that's what face. I meant. Sorry, LeGarrette Blunt punch a guy in the face. I was actually watching that game live. I actually saw that. Um, so yeah, he's un- unless there's people that I don't know of in that list that have like you know beat their wives, then uh, LeGarrette Blunt's probably at the bottom of the list for me. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right. So, so are we all in agreement? Uh, Steelers running backs top. A bunch of people that none of us know, and then look here up to the bottom. Uh, speak for yourself <laughs> on the bunch of people none of us know, but yes. Uh, all right, wide receivers. Julio! Yeah, I mean Julio. Antonio Brown. Yeah, probably still Julio, but Antonio Brown, close. Jordy Nelson over Julian Edelman, for sure. Yeah, Julian Edelman is at the bottom for me. What about uh, what about this? Is it Taylor Gabriel? Am I getting that right? Yeah, yeah, he's gonna score a touchdown. That guy is a solid player. Another great uh, pickup of Cleveland, not assessing their talent properly. He was one of the guys that came from Cleveland, right? I don't know. I didn't know that. I think he was. Yeah, I think he was on like uh, 
I should double check, but I could have sworn he was either on the roster or the practice squad in Cleveland, cut him or let him go. Well, I mean, a lot of wide receivers would be a lot better across the field from Julio Jones too. So it's very true. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go safeties then. <laughs> <laughs> you name them all right. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Um, so I guess before uh, before we get into uh, Pro Bowl predictions. Uh, we should probably pick uh, predictions for these two games that are tomorrow. So, Bicky, you go first. Uh, Packers, Falcons. Falcons. Are we doing lines or just straight no, up? No, just straight up. Ask that question. Straight up. <laughs> oh, well, uh, let's let's do both. Let's what you you find the lines. Let's do both. All right. Oh, grab lines. Because God knows we're so good at doing lines. <laughs> I've already got them. All right. Uh, I think I take Atlanta. Uh, straight up, they're at home. For sure. And Spread is Atlanta five and a half. Ooh. Yeah. So, oh, that's weird. Covers has it at five and a half. Bovada has it at four. Either way, I, I think I'm going to take Atlanta in a more than a touchdown. Interesting. See, I would. They're at home and uh, they're full strength. I'll take the Falcons to win, but I'm taking the Packers to cover. All right. Um, so, what's the, what's the spread? Five and a half. Oh, that's somewhere what between four and. That's five what and I'm half. basing my. I'll take the Packers comment off of is the five and a half. So Atlanta uh, plus five and a half, or Atlanta minus five and a half. Yep. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna go the same as Rich. I'm gonna go uh, Atlanta to win. Uh, Green Bay to cover. So you think it's gonna be a close shootout? Yes. I think there's the potential for Atlanta to turn this into one of those games where Green Bay somehow gets up and Atlanta just completely shuts down and Matty Ice crumbles a little bit, even though Green Bay's defense isn't very solid this year and the secondary is pretty weak. I could see that happening just because that's been the pattern for Atlanta for the last few years. Yeah, I mean, I like. there's a very good chance that Green Bay just outright wins. Right. I, I have no delusions about that i just i i think atlanta is being underrated right now they are a very good team they got home field advantage well except for the cowboys for a reason i know the packers have won 712 games in a row since october but the falcons have done a pretty good job you don't go through a season and win 11 games it's not necessarily a tough division i guess but they didn't have an easy schedule they did what they needed to do. You know, it's kind of a interesting stat is, do you guys know or what would your guess be for the last time any of the remaining teams in the playoffs have lost? Are we going for like a date? Yeah, just ballpark. Is it in December? It is. Um, God, I'm trying to even remember. What is New England's record? New England's 13-3? and three? Dallas was 13-3. and three. New England was fourteen and two, <laughs> which is which is crazy. And they lost at least one of those games with Garoppolo. Um, I would say it had to be the Steelers, and it had to be like the week after Thanksgiving. Matt, do you have any guesses? Yeah, I was gonna say like the first weekend of December. That is a solid guess. December fifth, and it was the Atlanta Falcons losing to Kansas City twenty nine to twenty eight. I'm surprised that Pittsburgh won that many games in a row. But, I mean, Atlanta did have five losses. Who'd they lose to? 
Who'd you say? Kansas City. Oh. Oh yeah, they lost by one yep. point. Oh, that was that. That was the conversion uh, deal, I think. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. the two point reversion. Yeah, yeah. It was oh, the, the block, right? It it was a blocked. Yeah. No, it was a. I think it was a pick, right? A pick returned. Yeah. Was it, it a block? Yeah. Block? No, the block remember. was uh That was a different. That was a di- that was a different teams, right? The blocked uh, block extra point run back for two points. Yeah. So Eric Berry definitely picked Matt Ryan for on the two point conversion. They were going for two because they were up by one. They were trying to make it a three point game instead of a two point game. <laughs> oh. And he threw the pick and they lost by one. God. That sucks. <laughs> That's bad. Okay. So a couple other random stats for you. Um in the past ten games, Matt Ryan has twenty five T D passes and three picks, which is pretty solid. What? In the last ten how many? games. 25 TDs, 3 picks. That's good. And then uh, the other game, Tom Brady versus Mike Tomlin. Since 2007, Tom Brady's gone 5-1. F- and one. He's 153 for 215 for about 1,900 yards. 19 TDs, 0 picks. <laughs> so let's, let's get into that game. What's the line on that game? Uh, New England minus 6. So last I saw it. Okay, so I'll go first this time since I went last. I think New England wins and covers. I'll take New England, but I'm going to take the Steelers. To, to, to cover? Uh, to cover? Okay. Yeah. Why should New England win? Like, okay, they're the home team and they have Tom Brady, right? But if you match up every other position, Pittsburgh should win, right? I The way I'm looking at it is I... Honestly, I'm looking at the quarterbacks and who's going to be more likely to make a mistake. And as much as I hate Tom Brady, the guy takes care of the football. At least in my head, maybe not stats wise. So I and he <laughs> wins these games. Yeah. I mean, he wins these types of games. Yeah, he wins these. So does Ben Roethlisberger. You can easily say that about Ben Roethlisberger. He wins these type of games. He goes in, and it doesn't matter how many mistakes he make made at the end of the game when it's a six point game. He's gonna scramble around the pocket for thirty seconds and find somebody downfield. So I meant to look this up uh, earlier, but I forgot. Um, in the, they've won two, Ben's won two Super Bowls, right? Yes. And have they, have they made it to three or have they won each one that they went to? I, I forgot. I don't want to get into Okay. This. Okay. So who won which Super so, Bowl? So my, uh, the thing that I wanted to look up, it was the times that they won the Super Bowl. Did they go through New England to win the Super Bowl or did somebody else beat New England and then they beat that somebody else? And just judging based on uh, Rich's stats there, yeah, I don't yeah. know. That's a good I guess question. they've won. They've won once, right? And that was Mike Tomlin. So obviously, Bill Cowher won the first one. So that could have been against New England. But I was just like, I just had this like gut feeling that maybe when they won the Super Bowl those other times, somebody else knocked off New England. But I don't know. Maybe it was them. Like it depends on how the first quarter goes. If Pittsburgh scores first, it's a close game the whole way, and then I think they win. Like, outright win. If they get behind by 10 points, they could lose by 20. Yeah, I don't know. I think Both of them have pretty pretty high-powered offenses to where if they do get in a hole, they can bounce back pretty quick. I mean, neither defense is too strong, are they? No, the Patriots' defense has actually played better than I expected recently. Hmm. I don't... You know what? I have to pick a team. 
I'm taking the Steelers. You're taking the Steelers outright, huh? Outright. All right. So I, I just like I was thinking about this earlier too. I just think that it's just like sorry, Becca, but it's just so fitting for New England to win the Super Bowl after Tom Brady's suspended for the first four games because he cheated. Allegedly. <laughs> no, no, no. At this point, he was suspended because he cheated, not because he allegedly cheated. He was suspended because they decided that there was enough proof to say that he cheated. Yeah, it's just different different standards. He went through the process. He right. went through the process. <laughs> the process. So, they suspended him. <laughs> then they took the suspension away. Then somebody <laughs> else had to come right. in and suspend him. Right, right, exactly. Somebody else took the suspension away. Yeah. Right. And then somebody else came in and reasserted that the suspension was fair according to the rules agreed to by all players. So I have one more stat for us since we're talking about the the Pats and Steelers games. Um, so AFC Super Bowl quarterback since 2004. <laughs> Tom Brady. Wait, wait, hold on. Should we guess this? Or... No, no, no. I'm just going to read them off. So okay. I'm just going to okay. go year by year and read them off here because there's a there's a very specific well, group. There's five of them, right? Tom Brady, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Peyton, Tom, Ben, Peyton, Ben, Tom, <laughs> Joe Flacco, Peyton, Tom, Peyton, and then this year, either Tom or Ben. We totally would have gotten that. All right, so anything else on the uh, on the games this week or the games uh, tomorrow? No, did you want to talk about the Pro Bowl? I'm just going to predict the AFC wins because Tom Brady is going to be a better quarterback than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I didn't really want to talk about the Pro Bowl. I just thought that I, I was looking at the schedule for when the games are tomorrow, and uh, it says conference championships, and then the next week it says Pro Bowl, and the next week it says Super Bowl, and it's just like, come on. What, like, why even put the Pro Bowl on there? That's stupid. If Bill Belichick has to coach the Pro Bowl, I would so much rather watch that game than the Super Bowl. <laughs> Rich, you had an NBA topic you wanted to to go through? Yeah, I figured with the historic pace that Russell Westbrook is on and with his snubbing of uh, not being selected for the All-Star Game starting squad, we should probably touch on that. So I don't know if you guys have been paying much attention to it, but I just find it crazy that he ended up in third place in the voting for that position behind Steph Curry and James Harden. Oklahoma City is a small market. Yeah, but even still, as a NBA fan, you have to respect what the guy's doing. He's averaging a triple-double, and he has 21 of them so far this year. That's insane. Yeah, and I hope he averages it for the season, but you're talking about a popular vote thing, and you got... Oakland slash San Francisco and Houston versus Oklahoma City. Yeah, I think it's ridiculous that he's not in the starting lineup too, but based on how the rules are, it's a popular vote. It's dumb. It's stupid. I mean, it's the same way that Yao Ming was in every year because he had an entire country behind him. Yeah. A large country by population and geography. Is it all fan vote and nothing else? Yeah, fan vote for the starters and then... Um... The reserves are picked by the coaches. So, I mean, I find it a little bit crazy. I guess at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter much to me. I think it's going to be kind of cool to see how Russell Westbrook responds because more than any other player that I've seen, well, I could probably 
name maybe one other one. Uh, he takes this stuff to heart. And he comes back and he, he's going to play even harder, I think. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does with his numbers. Like right now he's averaging 30.6 points a game, 10.4 assists, and 10.6 rebounds. How many games is that through? Uh, I think he's got like 38 left. That's amazing. So, yeah. Just just the if it was just the points per game, that would be like an amazing stat. Right. Yeah, exactly. Though the one thing that they're not talking about is his uh his turnovers per game. So he's averaging five and a half turnovers a game, which obviously is not good. How many steals? Um I'm such a great NBA mind. I know that uh if you turn the ball over that's fine as long as you're getting steals. Uh, one point five. That's not so good. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but yeah, that was really all I had on it. So I mean, the only other thing I'll throw out there, I guess, from a stats perspective, is uh, all of the other All Star starters combined have nineteen triple doubles. So kind of put that in perspective to his twenty one. Well, the interesting thing will be, you know, at some point in the game. James Harden, Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, and Russell Westbrook are all going to be on the floor at the same time. <laughs> that is. That, that will be interesting. And it's just like real-world Western Conference. Yeah. I don't, where is the All-Star game this year? Um, Good question. Second question. When is the All-Star game this New year? It's in New Orleans, um, February 19th. So yeah, I'm not even going to watch it. Yeah, I'll probably watch some of it. Not a ton. I haven't watched many of the you know, the past few years i have been tuning into the slam dunk and three-point contest and that kind of stuff but i'm just curious to see like i don't know if you guys watched uh golden state oklahoma city game the other day but you know durant and russell westbrook they they're definitely not on speaking terms and they're not very friendly so i'm just kind of curious how that'll play out what do you think the total is going to be for that game um, over under one seventy. Over. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's one seventy. Yeah, I'm thinking like. I think you so you started with the wrong digit. I'm thinking like. Oh no no no! I, I meant. I'm not saying winning team score. I'm saying total score. No no, no sorry. I'm. I meant. Uh, I meant two seventy. So let me tell you what the score of last year's game was. Last year's total was three sixty nine. Oh my god! Really. It was 196 to 173. Wow. That, that's higher than I thought. <laughs> Obviously. I, I was thinking like a, I was thinking like 140 to 140 kind of a game. Yeah, so I think that was probably that was pretty high, right? <laughs> I don't think they're usually that high. God. Let's see if I can find a quick list. Um Yeah, I know they've been going up. I still Okay. So, uh 2015 was 163 to 158. So what is that? Three twenty one, uh, and the previous year was one sixty three to one fifty five. So it seems like last year was a little bit of the extreme, but I, so I don't. I have no idea what to expect for this year. Is it going to be more of that, or I mean, that has to be the highest scoring All Star game in NBA history, right? Not including maybe an overtime game, but I mean, somebody somebody almost scored two hundred points. Uh, <laughs> it game. has to be. Yeah, yeah, it looks like it, just going back. So, I mean, are they going to expect that this year, or is it going to be 
back to, you know, like a 324.5 over under. Does Vegas put out lines on these games at all? I'm sure they do. I wonder if we should, could find last year's. I'd be curious to see what they put it at. So that, that'd be kind of problematic, right? Because don't a lot of NBA scoreboards just have the one in the third digit? They don't have the like the eight, so they they can't make a two? That's where you went with this? Yeah, well, I think that's, <laughs> that's how my mind works. They just have like the, it'd be like, it's like one, eight, eight is like the the way that their scoreboard is set up, right? Not eight, eight, eight. Yeah. Yeah, that's, um, that would be part of the problem. Of, of all the problems, that's probably not the biggest one. Probably the biggest one is that they're scoring 200 points in a game. So they might not do a total, but it looks like last year the Western Conference was a five-point favorite. Yeah. Totals might, totals might be tough. But I would have to guess that just because the two years in a row were at, whatever, 320-something, that it was close to that. Yeah, that's what I was finding, too. It was just, uh, well, yeah, like you were saying, no no totals. I'd probably put it at 330, though, this year. Still take... 330 and a half? Still take the over. I think uh, I think they're going to... Man, it's hard because you have such a high-scoring game last year. How do you not push it up a little bit? But then if it goes back to normal, which you would expect that it would, Vegas is going to lose. So... They probably don't have a total. Yeah. I yeah. Think. I think uh I think I would say it's gonna be around three forty five between three forty five and three fifty. Matt, do so you got a number for the for the total in the All Star game? Oh man, no I don't. I <laughs> what'd Bicka say? I said three forty five to three fifty. If I had to pick I guess I'd say three forty five and a half. Three uh three fifty one, Bob. One dollar. <laughs> Over. Actual retail price. <laughs> what what are you going with? I went three thirty. Okay. Which is much more in line with the two years prior to last year. Well, you got a pretty narrow uh narrow margin there, Brandon, so good luck to you. Well wait, what you... Yeah, well you you're picking and over-under, I'm picking, I think that's where it's going to fall for the game. So, they're two different things. No, I mean, you have, uh, if we're playing Price is Right rules, which I understand that we are unless we say that we're not, um, you have 345 to 350. That That's your range. A- anything other than that, you lose. That's all I'm saying. Well, let me throw this out there. This is my game. <laughs> so, I'm going to change the rules. <laughs> uh, Yeah, I'm just... So, yeah, I would take the over on Riches, and I would take the under on Matt's. So you expanded your, so you expanded your, uh, your thing by, like, ten points. Well, Rich also said he took the over on his, so what, what do you think, Rich? What do I think the actual score is, or what? Yeah. Based on, I guess, at least based on the three of us. The total you want, or the actual, like, score of the game? I think I'll no, yeah, it. I don't care about the actual score. Total. I think it's probably yeah. going to be closer to um, three fifty. So you're taking under Matt and over <laughs> <Yes>. me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you, you and I, pretty much are in complete agreement. 
and and as am I. That's why I chose three fifty one and not three ninety eight. <laughs> well, three ninety eight would be crazy because last year it was on. I'll take the under on that one. <laughs> yeah, and the over on one dollar. Yeah. Okay, uh, it would be interesting to see. So you can do a breakdown on a per player basis on how much they're paid per game second in the regular season. It would be interesting to see the total cost for both the Eastern Conference and Western Conference All-Star Games on a per-second basis using their annual salary as the, well, for the math. So you're saying just like a table of all the All-Stars and how much they make per second? Well, and how much they played in the All-Star Game to get like a total dollar value for how much the Western Conference paid the All-Stars and how much the Eastern Conference paid the All-Stars. Oh, oh, I got you. So you're just saying the all-star bonus paid per minute. Uh, uh, oh. Well, no, not the all-star bonus, but like just based on their annual salary, what they what what their annual salary equates to in seconds per game and their playing time in the all-star game. I got you. So what they should have made in the all-star game but didn't. I got you. Okay. Hey Rich, are you uh, are you recording these lines down in the show notes? I'm not. No, this is your topic. No, but you should. This be. is your topic, man. Come on. Sorry, I didn't know that was my responsibility. <laughs> I'm changing my number to three forty three though, and I think the score okay. of the game is one seventy five to one sixty eight. All right, write that in the show notes so that we uh, don't have to listen back to this because we don't want to listen to our own show. Are we going to Planet Nine? Yeah, I don't know what the hell Planet Nine is. Is it Pluto? Okay, so um, Planet Nine used to be Pluto, but as you know, sometime in the past, when was that? The Pluto got uh, relegated to the uh, second second league. Was that like uh, 2013 uh, or something like that? Yeah, the guy wrote a book about it too. I wonder if it's the same guy. Asshole. Pluto. Probably. I don't know what we're talking about, but it was probably the same guy. He's pretty proud of it. 2005. No Bullshit. Way. That's what the Google said. Oh, wait. Planet. That does seem way too long ago, though. Madison and Milo were born into a world where there were only eight planets in our solar system. Boom. <laughs> Mind explosion. How many of those have you had? Not many. Wait, so 2005, is that is that for real? Okay, so forgetting a minute about Pluto. Um, I saw a story. <laughs> hey, I was I was devastated when Pluto got relegated to the Dwarf Planet League. <laughs> right, cuz he's such a nice guy. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so uh, I was watching I was watching 60 minutes from uh, a couple weeks ago. And they had a story on this uh, Planet Nine. So uh, from the Wikipedia page, which I put in the show notes, uh, Planet Nine is a hypothetical large planet in the far outer solar system. Um, and basically this planet is like having gravitational effects on a lot of like... Um, they can't explain a lot of the orbits of these like trans-Newtopian objects, which are anything outside of... of uh, Tra- Neptune, sorry, trans, trans, uh, Neptopian, 
So anything anything outside of Neptune in, ter- in terms of like the orbit around the sun, um, they're having trouble like explaining why they orbit in such a weird way around the sun. And the only explanation that they come up with is that there must be like this huge planet somewhere in the um, Kuiper Belt where it's like affecting the orbit of these these things, right? And Pluto, I think, is one of those things. Um, so anyways, Planet Nine is this thing that certain scientists, and I think it's actually the guy who basically disproved Pluto as a planet. Asshole. Um, I think it's just like the same guy who says he's certain that this planet exists, but they just haven't found it yet. Um, and they're calling it Planet Nine. And so it's like this ice uh, giant, somewhere outside, like even farther away than Pluto. Um, It's supposed to be like 10 times the mass of Earth and maybe four times the diameter of Earth. Uh, And they're pretty like certain that this thing is out there somewhere. We just haven't been able to find it yet with like the telescopes that we have, but inside of our solar system. So it's something that may exist. There's rumors that it exists. People believe it exists. Sounds a lot like District 13. Yeah, it's a lot like District 13. Um in terms of the orbit of this star or this uh, star, this uh, planet, um, the approximate orbit time around the sun is fifteen thousand years. It's hard to imagine why they haven't found it. Yet. <laughs> yeah, there's kind of like there's a lot of sky to search, um, <laughs> and but why is it so? They're finding planets all over the place that are completely in other solar systems, going around other stars. Is that because it's easy to spot other stars, and so you can see if there is any light that gets blocked at any point, and you can deduce that there's a planet? But because we are between our star and the planet we're looking for, that means that it could be anywhere. Yeah. So the the way that they do this, from what I understand, is that they have um, they have a lot of um, terrestrial telescopes that are looking at um, like our solar system and the objects in our solar system. But a lot of like the really powerful telescopes that we have, like Hubble and those other things, they're looking far beyond our solar system. So they can't even focus those on something as close as 1,200 astronomical units, which is what you know this thing might be away from the sun. So they're relying on like telescopes that are on the ground, like in Hawaii and in uh, Chile and that kind of thing. And they just don't have the resolution to be able to see this thing. So what they do is they take pictures of the sky every night in like the exact same position of the sky. And then they just find like, if anything is moving, that's something that's interesting to them. So what they're trying to find is this thing moving. So if you think about like looking from earth and like the whole sky that we have, there's a lot of sky to look at. Whereas if you're just looking at a star in like a distant, there's not that much sky to look at. You're just looking at the at the star and seeing if things move around it. So I think that's where the challenge comes in with this thing. So should we just wait and see if somebody finds it, or like what's the? So the guy in sixty minutes said that he thinks within the next three years we'll find this planet. Um, I'm not. I I think that they're they have like. There was this other guy on there that had this equation that was just like a bunch of scribbles on a whiteboard to me. But essentially, this equation, this big mathematical equation, proved that this planet exists. And based on the gravitational effects of all these other objects in the Kuiper Belt, they think that they know about where it is, so they're just kind of watching for it to come into view. Um, But I mean, this thing is like... It's like nothing else we've 
like we know within the solar system, right? Because an orbit of 15,000 years, that's crazy. And it's really elliptical. So like the, the planets like, like earth and Mars and Mercury, um, and like, they're really the ones that are closest to the sun. They have like a pretty, uh, circular orbit, but these other planets have like a really elliptical orbit. And this orbit goes, they think, anywhere from 200 astronomical units from the sun all the way out to 1,200 astronomical units. So it's like crazy. It's like a crazy difference between how close it is and how far it is from the sun. And that's over 15,000 years, they think. So I don't know. I just, I started thinking about like all the possibilities of this thing. And uh, it's, it's kind of crazy how. 15 15,000 years you go from 1200 AU to 200 AU uh, that's a pretty big difference in terms of heat and radiation and all the other stuff like what could possibly be happening on this planet if they really think it's made out of out of ice so is it let's say they prove that this is whatever 1200 AU from the sun is there any way to conclusively prove that the sun's gravity at that point is so low that there could not be another planet beyond that. Well, that was discussed a little bit in the story on 60 minutes as well is that, um, so this guy said that it's, it's our generation's time basically to find planet nine. And when he talks to kids, he really thinks that it's like the next generation's like planet will be maybe planet 10 or something beyond that. So he's not sure that there's not more planets beyond like what we already know. Uh, even within our solar system. Who cares? Like, the more interesting thing is planets around other stars. Yeah, I agree. Like, at this point, we can conclusively say that life as we know it, which is the life that we tend to look for, is not possible at that point. And finding life would be so far beyond finding another dead planet that that has to be the thing you look for. Yeah, I don't know if, if uh, I mean, intelligent life as we know it for sure. But I think if there was like bacteria in a frozen planet, uh, because so what they're saying is that they think that this is an ice giant. And if the ice is water, I mean, it's possible that there's like bacteria living somewhere in there, maybe. I don't know. It's, I, but I, I totally agree that what's interesting to me is other stars and other Earth-like planets. But if they did find like some genesis outside of Earth, that's also pretty amazing. Yeah, I think what's more likely is that, I mean, the fact that we've narrowed down to life as we know it as being what we're even looking for. Because if you get into life as we don't know it, you're opening up such a infinite possibility that we don't even know what to look for we're never if we're never going to a planet that's 1200 astronomical units from the sun right unless we can repurpose um what we the the satellites that we have that we think have already left the solar system but could still in some miracle be on path to something that's so far away that it takes 15,000 years to orbit the sun we're never going there. Well, keep in mind that... Because once we get past going to Pluto, like, once we have the technology to get to that point, we're going somewhere way more interesting. Yeah, but keep in mind that 
1200 is the farthest that it is and it's such an elliptical orbit and actually if you look at the map on the wikipedia page it's pretty amazing um the closest that it is is 200 and that's not like crazy far yeah it, the the closest it is is 200 times the distance between the sun and the earth right so what's what's that's pretty what's far. pluto's uh what's i'm just looking it up right now but what's pluto's uh, au well, I would almost say Pluto's not interesting. No, but we got there is, I guess, what I'm saying. Right, right. But I'm just saying, the further, the more AU you get beyond Pluto, the more unlikely you are to be on track for actually hitting that planet when it's at that point in the orbit for any given direction. And I guess what I'm saying is, in unless we already have something that's headed towards that, it doesn't make sense for us to shoot something off in the general direction of that at this point, unless it's targeted something so far beyond the solar system and it just happens to be hitting that along the way. Yeah. So they think, uh, this guy said that he thinks that we could, if we found it right. And we knew where it was, he thinks that we could get something there within 20 years, um, with a slingshot around the sun. Pluto is 49 AU. Yeah. I was just looking, um, there's, I think Pluto's elliptical, so there's, I don't know if that's the closest or if that's you're, the farthest. Yeah, yeah, no, no. The clo- you're right. The closest is 30. Okay. The furthest is 50. I would imagine, well, who knows what it was when we when we got to it, but let's just say it was uh, right in the middle and it was 40, right? So that would make the closest this other planet could be five times further away from the sun than the known size of the solar system at the time that we launched that satellite or that probe. Yeah, and so it looks like I was just looking at the uh, Kuiper belt, and it looks like uh, Neptune is 30 AU approximately, and uh, and the Kuiper belt is approximately 50, so right in the range of Pluto, because I think Pluto is floating around in the Kuiper belt somewhere. So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a long ways away. So I agree. It's, uh, it's interesting just because... You know, we have this, like, they call them the big eight, right? Like the eight planets of our solar system. So if, just like when, when Pluto... Wait, 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 wait. Who the fuck calls them the big eight? I don't know, 60 eight? Minutes did. So, just like when, uh, well, because there's, there's hundreds of planets, right, in the Kuiper Belt that are part of our solar system, but they're all dwarf planets. So is the big eight kind of like the big 10? doesn't matter how many of them there yeah, actually ba- are. I mean, basically, and the big 12, right, and the Pac-10. Um... Oh. <laughs> But uh, you know, if if uh, if we found like another real like big sized planet, I mean that would be interesting just because we didn't think it was out there. But I agree in terms of like life and everything else, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I, I'd focus more of my energy on the closest stars that we have. Well, yeah, of course, discovering another planet technically so close to home would be interesting, but. What I mean, it doesn't seem that interesting to me in terms of, like, it doesn't change anything. It's like, oh, okay, we used to have nine planets, and then we had eight, and now we have nine again, but it's a different ninth one, and it's further <laughs> away than we thought, and maybe there's a tenth one still, but actually finding that won't actually matter. I mean, I guess maybe it'll matter when we have the ability to planet hop, and we can actually explore these, but... Would this change your opinion if I told you that? Mike Brown, the Caltech scientist who's doing this study, said that 
Planet Nine is the most planety of the planets in the whole solar system. <laughs> Would it change your opinion if I told you that Mike Brown, the guy who killed Pluto, has a Twitter name of at Pluto Killer? <laughs> so uh, the interesting about the interesting thing about researching this Planet Nine uh, after watching the sixty minute story was that it led me to the Trans-Newtopian Object Wikipedia page. You, so let's say there's Plans-Newtopian or Plans-Neptunian, Neptopian. Oh, Neptunian. So Trans-Neptunian. Sorry, not Neptopian. Trans-Neptunian. Or Newtopian. Uh, Neptunian. Whatever I said, it's Trans-Neptopian now that I'm looking at it. Let's march on. Okay. So <laughs> Okay. So trans solar system Ian. <laughs> so so Okay. Trans Neptunian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trans Neptunian Neptopian. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> So Planet Nine has got me to trans neptunian objects okay so uh, open that uh open that trans neptopian page <laughs> okay do you see the you see the diagram in the right the the uh euler diagram yeah so have you ever seen anything so beautiful as that uh Neuler diagram <laughs> and you know me i love charts yes. right so that's i think that's pretty cool um, so of course, then I clicked on the uh, Euler diagram Wikipedia page, which I'll let. What the fuck is so this? I'll let, Euler diagram showing the types of bodies in the solar right? system. Right? Isn't that awesome? So I'll let oh I'll God. let everybody follow along here with the uh, with the conversation. So then I'm on the Euler diagram page, and then uh, of course, what the fuck is a centaur? <laughs> so <laughs> you can so you could branch off infinitely with with these Wikipedia pages is the problem. So now I'm on the Euler diagram page, and of course the Venn diagram comes up as um, basically uh, what's the what's the term? It's basically a Venn diagram is a Euler diagram, but it's more specific. It has more specific rules. Uh, so then I was looking at the Venn diagram versus Euler diagram. Uh, <laughs> you know what's different between the two of them? And uh, I guess needless to say, I spent a lot of time on Wikipedia today uh, because of Planet Nine and uh, because of these diagrams. So, any questions? What the fuck is a centaur? That's a good question. I'm not sure about that one. It's a good title as well. What the fuck is a centaur? Yeah. I don't know if we can put that in there, but I'll consider well, it. <laughs> I'm sure you've Googled it by now, right? No, because I... Started wondering what the fuck a Euler diagram was. So I was confused from when you said that to me before the show. Euler. 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 Centaurs are half human, half horse creatures Euler. in Greek mythology. <laughs> Thank you for getting that. I'm glad someone got that when I said it. <laughs> so, yeah, seriously, a centaur is a minor planet, is a dwarf planet. <laughs> and it's also something. It's also a. It's all. It, it, there are two circles called centaurs in this Euler diagram. Wait, what? 
All I see is uh, True Lies X-ray tunnel. So. Oh yeah, yeah. One of them's dotted though, so it's you know you gotta respect the dotted line. No. What the fuck? No, no, no. I what's don't. a what's a plut what's a plutoid? It's a Pluto-like non-planet. Are you just making that up? Obviously. Okay. Yes. I thought so. I was gonna agree. It's like a trans-Newtopian object. Oh yeah, because Plutoids are within the dwarf planet box, so that makes sense. I don't have enough time to look at this, understand it, and talk about it right it's now. It's an ice so, dwarf. So, so the problem with uh, the problem with Venn diagrams, if you keep going down the Wikipedia tunnel, is there's no problem with Venn diagrams. No, there is. Nobody's ever been like, oh yeah. I see you use a Venn diagram there, but you know what the problem no, with that no, no. is? No, no, no. The problem with Venn diagrams, uh, not as a use case, but as a as a method, is that once you get beyond four, Venn diagrams get really complicated. And if you don't believe me, check out the Venn diagram Wikipedia page. <laughs> if you go to a five-level uh, Venn diagram, it's uh, it's pretty intense, and it's there's a lot of possibilities. I'm usually pretty good with just two circles. Yeah, well, that's the classic uh, Venn diagram. I can make a false dichotomy out of anything. Yeah, yeah. That's true. I can vouch for that. It's it's like the there are three kinds of people in the world: those who can count and those who can't. <laughs> Is that the end of the segment? <laughs> That might end the show. Alright, because I gotta go to the bathroom. <laughs> Are you on the waiting list for a Tesla? Uh, I did not get on the waiting list, uh, mostly because I don't think it's gonna matter in the end. Um it's a complicated <laughs> it's a complicated topic that I don't mind getting into. But I don't think that the waiting list is gonna be the hold up for me getting my Tesla. At some point. Yeah. Um, right. It'll be the next waiting list for the next model. Yeah. I've, yeah. <laughs> I've, I've really, really, really looked into getting Teslas. Um, and the Model 3, I'm, I'm into it. But I don't think it's going to ship till 2020 anyways. And so I think that by that, by then, like there might be a Volkswagen or an Audi or something like that, that I could, that could hold me over until I could buy a Tesla. Um, that's that's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah, Volkswagen's known for their emission standards. Well, it's a fucking electric car. Like, there's no emissions. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Right, well, their a Volkswagen car, a Volkswagen electric car, may have no <laughs> yeah. emissions. You just yeah, so like, it's like a Volkswagen electric car, and they're like, but you only, like... Like we're not actually using the diesel fuel, but you have to fill it up at the diesel pump every like month. But we're not actually using right. it. Right, it, it expires monthly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's not a diesel engine in here, but you just have to go to a diesel pump every month. <laughs> Zero emissions, but you just have to fill it up with diesel every month. <laughs> it evaporates. <laughs> That's how we run the uh, air conditioner. <laughs> it's just a small diesel engine that you have to even in the winter. It's yeah, because it evaporates. It's it's uh. We're working on that for the next model. Oh, man. The Tesla 
Model 3 has uh, officially started production, though. Has it really? Yep. They just announced it recently. I think. should go back and double check that. Maybe I'm making it up. Because I don't think... Uh... Were they planning to deliver them in 2017 or 2018? 2018. So why would they have started production on them? Because it doesn't take a year to make a car. It takes like a couple days. You don't deliver them one at a time, you deliver them 10,000 at a time. Yeah, it does. It's saying that they started last week. Tesla has officially confirmed Model 3 production at the Gigafactory. So, is Tesla ever going to make a, a fourth model? Like, they're not... They're clearly a means to an end, right? Like, Elon Musk is not trying to make an electric car. He's trying to get to Mars on solar power. And by developing an electric car, he was able to develop an electric engine. And a byproduct of that was him being able to support his cousins who are developing solar panel efficiency that he now bought and has brought into solar panel roof tiles that can charge your electric engines. He also has a rocket company. Like, are they ever going to expand past this? Or are they just going to say, hey, we're just going to make this car forever. Uh, We're going to prove that we can do it. And we're going to improve the like interior because right now like I drive BMW the software is horseshit I don't care who hears this because there's only five people listening but I I have already considered not buying another BMW just based on the software yeah but the, that's almost enough to drive me to a Tesla right the software there. is bad in like pretty much every car even Tesla's right like it's it doesn't. How much better does it have to be for it to be better than every other car? Well, that I mean, that's true. So, getting back to your original question, um, is this the last model that they make? I think the answer could be yes, but I would approach it from a little bit different. Uh, rather than like the end goal of getting to Mars as being part of Tesla, I think it's more like if Tesla, if well, Tesla only no, ever made, it, I, if I said end goal Mars, I did not mean end goal Mars. Obviously, Mars is just stepping so. Well, no, Mars. no, I mean, like for Tesla, like if I don't think that necessarily Elon is looking at Tesla and SpaceX as the same goal. I think that the Model Three, the Model S, well, let me let me say this in the order that he wants us to say them in: the Model S, the Model uh, Three, which looks like an E, and the Model X. And that's not a coincidence, right? He wanted these things to spell sex when you put them together. That's a, that's a fact. Well, no, he wanted the Model Three to be the Model T, but Ford wouldn't let go of the patent. He, no, he no it, he wanted no trademark. he wanted to call it the Model E, not the Model T, the Model E. But Ford wouldn't let go of the patent because he wanted it to be S E X. So instead of instead of making the three a number three, he made it three horizontal lines that looked like an E. So it still spells S-E-X. That's the story. 
So I'm trying. I want to let you respond. The biography. He def. I'm pretty sure he wanted the Model T, and couldn't get it. We could look it up, but I think it's the Model E. But anyways, it doesn't matter. What I'm getting at is, um, I think the end game for Tesla is obviously the autonomy and the question on whether you need anything other than the S, the three and the model X with autonomy and just keeping kind of modernizing them as you go on, that could be the last model. You could have three models. You could have the large sedan, the small sedan and the crossover and have them all be autonomous and still have them totally revolutionize the auto industry. So for, what I'm saying is totally forgetting about Mars. You could still have a totally revolutionary company with only three models. 